Shields, Cross the Margin is part of the Osiris Media Group. Head over to OsirisPod.com. Check out all the music and arts and culture podcasts they have to offer. They got the goods. That is OsirisPod.com. Today's episode features an interview with a truly inspiring human being in Jeff Firewalker Schmidt. Jeff is a musician, folk healer, ceremonialist, and scientist. And one of the many beautiful things he's currently putting out in the world is a project called Saint Disruption. Saint Disruption is a multifaceted project, as you will hear in this interview with him to follow. But at its heart is a superbly talented musical collective featuring musicians such as renowned jazz musician John Modesky, singer Daytrine Johnson, rapper Austin Haynes, just to name a few. Saint Disruption's aim is to unite musicians video artists, and visionaries of all kinds to create great music and great art and experiences that explore the human condition. The Collective's first album, Rose in the Oblivion, is poised to drop on April 8th, and it's an affecting, soulful, funky, fun, and thought-provoking work of art. It truly was a privilege to talk to Jeff. We dig into the inspiration behind Saint Disruption. We discuss the charitable aims of The Collective, We explore the profoundly socially conscious themes of the music, and Jeff offers a glimpse of all to hopefully blossom forth from the project. If you know little about Jeff, I do encourage you to explore his teachings, experience his TED Talk online, and look up his work with the Wisdom Keepers and also the Eagle Condor Council, some of which we discuss in the interview. But Jeff is surely a spiritual and benevolent human being doing his part to make the world a better place for all. So now, here is my interview with Jeff Firewalker Schmidt. Cross the margin. Cross the margin. podcast. Hello, 
Hello? Yes, do I have Jeff? Yes, is this Michael? This is. How you doing? Very well. Good to meet you, if just virtually. Yes, exactly. I'm very, very thrilled to talk to you. Thanks for making the time. I really, really appreciate it. Oh, of course. So, uh, um, I'm really enamored with this project uh, uh, f- you know, for many, many reasons. And and just to jump right in, what's uh, what's clear? This it's this isn't really just simply a a band putting out an album, but a but a project with like a, a myriad of wonderful moving parts and i was wondering um if you could tell us some about what you know saint disruption is and kind of what the aim of the project will be as it continues to come to life well thanks for the kind words and and you're absolutely spot on (laughs) brother that this really isn't you know a typical band that's ready to you know jump in the back of a 1980s (laughs) uh van with all their equipment and and you know play clubs and bars i mean we definitely have aspirations to play live once once things open back up again but you know the the motivation for this actually started um last year when basically all of my the work type of work that i do evaporated within the span of two or three weeks you know i i uh teach and and really depend on um the old school format of people being together to do my work and everything evaporated so i asked spirit you know like what's next? You know what? What will I do with the luxury of this time? And and got a very uh, surprising message that you know what I needed to do was um, you know essentially take everything that I have learned and and seen as a uh, teacher as a curandero over the past couple of decades and put it to poetry and music. And that if I did so and I if I did so boldly, I would be completely supported. And, um, wow. and so I took up the challenge and what come many months later is, is, uh, is a music and art collective spanning. If you count the people that are helping us behind the scenes with business and publicity, you know, some 30 people involved from, you know, visual artists to strategists to incredible musicians. Um, and <clears throat> so we see ourselves as a, uh, as a, as a community, first and foremost, mm-hmm. a community of people supporting each other and you know, doing, doing their best and being their best and creating. And, um, and we see ourselves as hopefully one of many ways that, uh, that people are holding up a mirror to the very unusual uh, circumstances that we find ourselves in. I mean, this is the, you know, I think I remember Clement Greenberg, the, the, art critics quote from decades ago now that art is the lie that tells the truth. And I think that kind of informs a lot of, of, you know, my work and Uh our work. And so we're, we're doing our best to show up and create and be truthful with ourselves and with our words. And, and, um, it's been, I'll tell you, man, it's just been one miracle after another. That's wonderful. Spirit is right. Right. In that, like, if you build it, they will come. Cause, uh, you know, I, I even know some of the team um, behind the scenes, but just the artists involved that are showing up. I've, I've had the privilege to, to listen to Rose and the Oblivion and just the artists of, of, of different talents on it is just um, unbelievable, really. And I know, you know, a lot of people who know about the project know about the great John Modeski in the mix. But um, I was wondering if you could speak on a little bit of the uh, other artists involved, because, you know, it, it's, there's some serious talent here. Well, yeah, thank you for the kind words. Mm. And- you know, I'm I'm always interested in 
in first principles. You know, what is the initial spark that gets a fire lit? Mm. And, um, and that initial spark was really the incredible privilege that I had to um, befriend Umar Ben Hassan, you know, the, the co-founder of The Last Poet. Oh, yeah. yeah, and Umar, you know, many people consider The Last Poet the group that, that uh, really laid the groundwork for uh, hip-hop and rap. You know, they, mm-hmm. they played such an important role in a transformational time on the planet 50 years ago by um, creating a format where people were encouraged to tell the truth of their experience on top of music. And, you know, it was like, I kind of wanted to do that again. And so I had this crazy idea to reach out to Umar and uh, I found him. It took a few weeks, but I finally, you know, was able to talk to him on the phone and, he was asking about what I was up to, and, and he said, well, let me read, read one of your poems to me. And I was like, oh, boy, here we go. This is the test. <laughs> and I did, and he was very gracious. He was like, oh, man, you're, you're a last poet, man. That's uh-huh. great. Uh-huh. And, and so from there, um, from there he, uh, he offered up one of his poems, which turned into the uh, song Pain Storms, and, and I offered one of my poems, which he, he recited. Uh, which turned into the song story. So Umar really was the person that inspired me also to bring John Medeski into the fold because when I received Umar's poem, I was struck with the gravity of the opportunity and just how serious I needed to take this in order to, in some small way, honor Umar and, and to do a really good job. And John was like the first person that, that came to mind on the planet, somebody could help me pull this off. And then from there, my dear brother, uh, uh, Cactus Sullivan, who's also known as Agent 23, um, conscious rap artist and youth, uh, works a lot with youth, youth, uh, youth rap. And uh, he's on the album, and um, he and an, uh, another Grammy winning. Uh, uh, associate of his, Debrisa McKinney, who's one of the best female vocalists and most uh, amazing people I've ever met. And then it just, the list just goes on and on. It's, I'll tell you, it's been one miracle after another, this uh, this project. Yeah. I've gotten to befriend so many people. Mm-hmm. Datrian Johnson had really, you know, the, the first single that came out, we'll, we'll talk about in a minute, his... Uh, the emotion behind his singing is just just really captivating and something else. Um, yeah, I'm, I, I'm glad I didn't know that about um, Umar because I know there's one of the songs I really can't get enough of is Last Poets First, and I know that was a uh, kind of an homage to the Last Poets, and that's 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 an incredible one. Where the um, Austin um, is Austin Haynes who's r- rapping on that? He's he's wonderful as well. Oh man, that he's, was a fun song to put oh, together. I wanted so to good. kind of have a. I wanted to make it just like really loose and casual, mm-hmm. but have a an intensity. And also, John created a a, a B part of that song. You know, the part B of that uh-huh. song, just the idea of kind of like, okay, we're here, we're together, we're grooving, we're touching in on the bitterness. Let's go down. <laughs> Let's really look at it. And man, he just takes you right in. It, it that was a fun one to put together. It really Austin, it, it hits so hard. Go on. Yeah, and Austin. Austin is actually uh, Warren Haynes' nephew who lives oh. here in uh, Asheville, and Damn. his 
<laughs> greatest. His um, band Free Radio, mm-hmm. who also uh, Daytrian and Debris to work with, are kind of part of our family, and and they're doing great work too. We're all just, you know, almost every a week doesn't go by that we're not in the studio together, you know, creating and trying new things. It's it's been. It's been a fun ride in that regard. I've heard some uh, free radio tracks, and people got to watch out. There's some 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 good stuff coming there. Um, something so great about what you guys do, and so benevolent, is um, is that you utilize some of your profits from the works to support the greater good through um, you know uh, alliances with NGOs and nonprofits. Can you talk about some of the organizations that um, you uh, your work hopes to support? Yeah, absolutely. Right now. <clears throat> Our main focus is um, the ACLU and especially the, the program, the uh, advocacy program that trains young people how to be, uh, you know, effective and grounded as change makers in the world. Um, and then, uh, you know, second on our list after that is to work with uh, Amazon Watch. Um, and a lot of that's inspired by the data and the need, but also the fact that so much of the spiritual life that John and I lead has been informed by that part of the world. And we have so many people who are spiritual family down there. We'd really like to help out in, in any small ways that, uh, that we can. And we're also launching a uh, record label that uh, um, ourselves and free radio and hopefully some other people are going to come under soon. Who's and the mandate of the record label is actually to um, help bring music lovers who also are, are dedicated to positive social change um, kind of help them be change agents by simply listening to the music. So every artist that kind of comes under the umbrella um, kind of signs up to this idea, you know, joins in this idea that some of the, some of the rewards from the creation of the music from performing and stuff like that actually get dedicated to, creating positive change incredible it's bigger than just music what's that label called is it out there yet yeah uh root, root doctor yeah. root, root doctor media nice. yeah we wanted to give it an appalachian flair and mm. you know the, the term root doctor comes from uh, uh old-timey um old-timey plant healers yeah. in in uh southern appalachia in particular they were called root doctors yeah, yeah. nice perfect um i want to talk about some of the songs so the first one you uh, released, um, saying, uh, Disruption, was Choke a Man, which is it's super, effect- uh, like, deeply affecting. That's, that's, it's really intense in ways. And uh, I'd love to hear more about kind of, you know, because it speaks, um, from what I could tell, in, in just in kind of overtly to the anguish of oppression um, in such a vivid way, really. So I was wondering if you could speak on the inspiration behind that one. Yeah, well, thank you for acknowledging that. Um, that there was a period last spring that <clears throat> really was characterized by some of the longest solitude that I had experienced, you know, kind of fit oh, wow. to my lockdown as so many yeah. people were in their homes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, I, you know, I'm a fan of, you know, I'm a, a student of, of history and interested in the history of social movements. And I, I, uh, that song is like the convergence from a number of current events, the, you know, uh, George Floyd killing and, mm-hmm. and, um, and also the inspiration came back from a book I'd read many years, uh, previous called all consuming images, which mm-hmm. is a, a, startling, historically accurate, 
uh, account of 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 uh, the engineering and creation of the mass media machine, and um, and I knew that I had to write something about it, and I made a first pass, and it was it was uh, reactionary and shallow, and my partner Cindy looked at it, and she was like, "Nope, son, back to the drawing board." <laughs> Which I'm so grateful for Good because you know, like that around, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I sat in darkness. Uh-huh. Oh my god, it was so painful. You know, I just basically, you know, did what I learned from you know, traditional medicine. Mm-hmm. Is like I opened myself up to feeling everything. You know, feeling the anguish, feeling the pain. And I knew that this, if this was going to work, it couldn't have many words. It has mm-hmm. to be like in the style of old, you know, lyrically in the style of old blues. So it was like, could, can I paint this picture of anguish and whether the oppression is coming from racism or from social, you know, the social media monster, could I encapsulate it? And so after about two, I think it's the process from A to Z, from A to having a decent demo that I could um, then actually build the song from was about two weeks and it was a tough two weeks i'll tell you man it was not it was not pleasant but i am very grateful that i did that because i feel like the work um both both in terms of the video that i did this wasp video and the song um feels pretty pretty there's not a lot of extraneous stuff hanging off of it it's Mm -hmm. a it's a pretty distilled little jagged pill yeah, I think that there's so much of the power in there, and the emotion comes from those those smaller pieces that that just have a bigger feel. Yeah, you mentioned how it was, you know you invoked the blues for that, and I know uh, uh, it, the blues just to kind of touch on your musical influences a little bit. I know that um, you know John Lee Hooker was one, and you know you opened up for him and met him back in the day. That was that was a big influence for you, huh? Huge influence, yeah. and you know I was you know one of the only you know, one of my peers at 17, 18 years old, listening to Robert Johnson and, mm-hmm. you know, all the old, old timers and like digging into the history of how their testimonials about the darkness and the pain were actually looked at with such judgment, you know, it was like, Oh, you guys are all about, you know, the devil, you know, meeting the devil at the crossroads. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that whole thing kind of set me off realizing you know, it was like my first realization of the afflict. You know, the the um, aversion that that Judeo Christian traditions have come to regard the darkness. You know, and how that differs from other world traditions, whether it be Veda and Vedanta or shamanic traditions, is that is that we are. You know, I came to the conclusion that we're just really way out of whack when it comes to our relationship with the darkness. So. That was a really blues played a really important part in my um, early life in that regard, and also you know this thing about saying a lot without having to say a whole lot. Mm-hmm. It's, that's a mm-hmm. you know and for somebody who likes to blab like me, that's always a good <laughs> thing to think about. You know, real in, real in. I mean, you know, there's um, you know, you're talking about how there's not a lot of words, but the word choice is so powerful. I have to say that I. Uh, I really appreciate uh, one that that I believe was made up here. Debocracy. It's a word crafted from the mashing up words of democracy and debacle. Um, kind of a perfect way to uh, explore frustration in uh, such a broken government. I, I hat tip on that one. 
Well, thank you. That was, thank you. That was, in the end, it was all great fun and such yeah. a blessing to have the privilege to, uh, to create like that. I think, I think out of everything that is in that song, the thing that I'm most proud of is that I wanted it to have a strong rhythm, but I wanted the rhythm to be like ambiguous and upside down. And it's like really, there's actually mm. two different drum tracks that weave in and out of one another. There's, a, there's like an old kind of antique drum, drum track, and then there's the stronger modern. Yeah. And if you listen to it, it's actually kind of upside down. It kind of flows between uh, three, four, and six, eight. It's like in this, I wanted to feel like, you know, could it be strong and steady, but yet have this tension that comes from the ambiguity of not having a firm standing, you know? And so I think structurally as a composer, that was the piece of that song that I was most proud of. Uh, yeah. That could also speak to kind of the, the idea of feeling choked too. And just that, that motion there, that, that difference you're creating there. Um, the, the next release, I just want to ask you about one more song that, that's out there in the ether right now, just released last week was instant gratification. Um, it's so funky, but it's also so, poetically deep what's uh, what's behind that that track <laughs> that song, that song um, is actually in its second incarnation okay. at least the words are yeah. um it started i'll just be really frank it started out as a, as a tune i wrote in graduate school that talked about you know um the, the sacred sexuality being reduced to masturbation it, it's just you know it's very blatant mm-hmm. Um, and then when I was called to like revisit the 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 words and the and the song, it just made I, it was just super clear that actually what I was pointing at, um, and that I wasn't ready to write about at the time. You know, it was like I I wasn't mature enough. I don't think to deliver it was actually the song is about how um, consumer culture, growth, capitalism will with impunity take just about anything that's sacred for the sake of commercial gain and turn it into nominal, if not profane um, material. Mm -hmm. And so um, my attempt in that song was to try to try to deliver the, uh, the view, the, the viewers, the, the witnesses, entanglement in all of that and and so there's a in the video the the um the protagonist in the video is this young woman who's like vibrant coming of age and and uh, and moving in her body and yet she's constantly confronted with with you know everything from um you know gas uh gaslighting to to social engineering, Illuminati, the whole bit. And, and it's like at the crescendo and John Medeski's solo, you know, what I tried to bring out was like, the, she kept flashing the, the dance solo that she was doing as the, as John was doing his solo was like morphing between a little girl who couldn't find her body, who couldn't find her balance. She was a puppet and this liberated, adult you know i was kind of like flipping back and forth to to kind of like say in some artistic way that that this is a a piece of this whole puzzle is that we are you know we are crippling our young people from healthy rites of passage 
healthy initiation, healthy self-reflection so that they become healthy, functional adults. You know, this is, this is the, you know, in the end, it's the great tragedy of our, of our time. So that's kind of like where that all came from. Yeah. And I'm glad you mentioned it because John Solo is absolutely outstanding. He is absolutely going off in, in, in this one. It's such, such a great, great solo. Um, so I've read that this project, and you kind of alluded to it a little bit earlier when we were talking about being live, but it aspires to uh, collaborate with international music festivals and concert series, and that the vision is to kind of create an ecosystem of collaborating musicians and artists who perform everywhere. I'd love to hear, um, especially as someone so excited to see you know some of this music or where you take this live, the goal, you know, eventually, in, um, or the hopes in in bring in the St. Dis, uh, disruption uh, experience to, uh, to people's lives. Well, yeah, thank you. Um, you know, we never know what the future is going to hold. We can nope. plant seeds. You know, sure. one, of the, one of the things that I'm most excited about um, as an opportunity for St. Disruption is the, um, the work that I've done over the past uh, the recent few years with uh, a group out of, uh, from England called the Wisdom Keepers. Mm. And it's, um, I'm very fortunate to be uh, in a circle of um, uh, traditional medicine carriers who are working with festival culture to try and interface and try to inspire and show you know young people that there are actually um, ways that are all alive all over the planet right now that can help you know help you get your bearings and, and help understand the world in a different perhaps healthier happier way and um and you know one of the things that uh i think the pretty much high point of of the wisdom keepers was that we were a featured uh, artist a featured guest at glastonbury uh 2019 and you know there were we had our own sort of like encampment and a sacred fire and uh, 12 of us did numerous workshops and we also opened a number of main stage acts and, and had the opportunity to lead, you know, upwards of 30, 40,000 people at one time and in, you know, visualizations and, and exercises using the mind and the heart for, you know, visualizing a positive future and the healing of the planet. It was just spectacular. That sounds remarkable. And it was awesome. Yeah. And, and so, you know, my, one of the monikers that we've been playing with is could St. Disruption, you know, be the, be, you know, be a house band for global change. Yeah. 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 So, (laughs) so that's, that's one thread, you know, Mm -hmm. once festival culture gets started up again, I would love for us to have a, you know, be an interface and, and kind of like a, a convening um, engine for, uh, for, for the wisdom keepers in terms of actually doing, doing music. Now, there's another thing that actually goes back to the Umar um, story I just told you, and that is, you know, what brought us together in the first place? It was the intersection of truth-telling through poetry and, and, and music. So what John and I are launching now is, a, is like this virtual poetry and music slam where we will be, and we'll stay tuned to this on our website, we're right in the right in the right in the middle of getting it all put together. But the idea is that we have a clearinghouse for young poets to record their words that are speaking the truth of their hearts. What are they seeing in the world? What are their struggles? What are their triumphs? What's happening? And 
you know, sort of keep it a couple minutes or less. And then John and I take those recorded words of these, of, of these, you know, young poets into the studio and do what we did with pain storms is create a sonic landscape that holds space for the words to be delivered. And we do this on a regular basis and just put the, put the poems out there, you know, just put them out there and, you know, TikTok and, and, mm-hmm. and, you know, just create, it's like the, the ideas that can we as a art collective hold space for poets being able to say what needs to be said, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's that thread. That's and incredible. Then, you know, I had no idea about that. That's awesome. Oh, it's super, super awesome. Yep. And, and then also at, at one point as we were getting the album together, John and I were lamenting about how the album releases now are just almost meaningless and kind of ephemeral and you don't have anything to hold. You don't have liner notes. You don't have a little booklet in the CD anymore. So we are creating a book to go along with the CD. And we have invited, what we did was we wanted to make it a community-based thing. So we invited um, 10 Asheville artists to listen to a particular song or listen to the whole album and create one or more works of art inspired by the song. And these were compiling into a book and the art is amazing so far. We've gotten like three quarters of the submissions in. And, um, and so you get this sort of like multidimensional impression and, and reflection of what the songs are all about. And then um, the artist will be able to sell their prints through our e-commerce site and, and hopefully, if you know, if this goes really well, they'll be able to realize a little bit of, of income through the whole project. Wow. It's wild because, I mean, the music on its own, and, um, you know, like I said, I've heard the whole album, and I just can't wait for everyone to hear it. It's so gripping, and there's so much to grab onto as well. But, you know, you're creating this whole art experience around it and poetry experience and c- taking a lot of the music you know, in, into uh, into the real world in a different way. <laughs> That's just so, I love the idea of thinking of that, you know, just it's, you know, this is great on in this one media, but also this can be so much more and be, be a full-blown experience. That's that's really, really wild. Um, well, thank you for recognizing that. <laughs> we're, you know, we're just, we're, we're following the energy and there's Definitely. a lot, you know, in these times of great transformation, there is a lot of energy available mm-hmm. to us. Yeah. And, you know, the, I think the teaching of these times is that we make a choice whether to be in fear and give up our sovereignty or to use the, the, the challenge and the uncertainty to go deeper into the truth of who we are. And when we do that, we find that we have a ton of energy then to make our lives and other people's lives better. Damn right. That was perfect. Um, and it's just amazing. I mean, just, I feel like it's kind of, you know, I love that you brought up the Wisdom Keepers, and I really, uh, you know, hope that anyone listening checks them out. It's a uh, platform that really tries to, you know, give voice to a lot of spiritual leaders and indigenous communities to share those wisdoms that, that are real and really important and can change people's lives. And, you know, it's just everything that kind of culminates in so much of you've done with uh, sacred healing arts is just kind of coming out in all this so it's kind of it's it's just a fascinating project and it's one I'm, I'm i'm thrilled to talk about today and to shine a light on so i really I thank you for your time and, and and helping uh you know allowing me to spread the words i'm on it oh goodness brother thank you it's been a real pleasure speaking with you and uh 
and uh, we look forward to a you know many many more lively conversations and and uh, we love your work and thank you for uh, you know bringing people together and and supporting deep deep dialogue and sharing that's yeah what, thank that's you what so it's much all about we share we share kind of some of the same goals here too so so it's really wonderful to connect so thanks again I really appreciate it all right brother be well. Of hungry clones, the palace drones to keep the truth away. Judas in my voice, sell my soul for pleasure. Let the green machine rejoice. Judas in my head, kick the sheets from my dirty bed. 3 a.m., no pillow for my head, no more solace because I've come to know Judas in the streets, Judas in the church, and the capital steps below. This podcast is in the loop, the Legion of Osiris podcasts. Osiris is creating a community that connects people like you with live experiences and podcasts about artists and topics you love. Get in the loop at OsirisPod.com.